What's up, my friends? My name is Benny, and you are now in the Chop Shop. Thank you guys so much for joining me this time, this week, this episode. Wherever you're watching from, whatever time it may be, thank you so much for joining me. Um, as I was uh, going through uh, social media um, on the Instagram page, uh, somebody left me a question which was which is great it was on one of the reels i did on and i was answering a question i believe it was a celebrity crush one which if you didn't know by now j-lo is my celebrity crush but someone asked the question and this is my buddy james that actually asked the question who is or who are some of your favorite teachers or preachers which is a great question and uh, i was thinking about it um and I think I've come up with three. Um, and I got some good reasons on why these three are my favorite, uh, most liked or most listened to preachers. Um, and before I get into those three, I just want to just to get it out of the way, because if I don't, people are going to say, oh, he must not like his pastor's preaching. That's this. This pastor, Chad, who is my pastor, is a given. OK, his his preaching. It's a given. I enjoy it. I think it's uh, not, not, I mean, yes, like the messages he puts together are great, but his style of communication, how clear and simple he makes it. Uh, one of Pastor Chad's strengths is his ability to make the the scripture, the word of God, very approachable for people who, who either have never opened it before or don't have a lot of experience with it. He makes it such an easy honor for people to engage with the word and uh, that's that's a gift. That's not something that um, a lot of people do very well. Even those who are very well educated in scripture and um, know a lot of scripture and have studied it and and know history, you know, like the, some people don't do that very well. And, the, and I think that's okay. I think as you're going to see, as I share like my three favorite preachers, everybody doesn't have to do everything the same. Everybody doesn't have to do everything super well either. Like everyone has their strengths everyone has their expertise their style of communication that reaches a certain audience and certain people and we need that like it's it's it, we can't have everyone out here exactly the same because then we're just going after the same people so pastor chad one of my one of my favorites for sure um so let me get into three that i want to share and uh these first two are kind of like the ones. And then the third one that honestly I haven't listened to. It's probably been a, a, a while and I'll explain why. So first one, um, and I think this one is probably one that's on many people's list. Um, and someone who has, uh, I've preached before and have preached many sermons and taught a lot of Bible studies. But like when it comes to communication, I think this man has to be a part of the conversation as one of the best preachers in the world. Um, the anointing, the gifting, the ability, the just everything that he brings into it. And that's that's Bishop T.D. Jakes. Um, you know, there's not many people out there that can preach a message for an hour and a half, maybe two hours and keep your attention through the whole entire span. Um, you know, Bishop Jakes, like his sermons are long. OK, if you if you go to if you watch one of his services or go to his church and he does a sermon before an hour has elapsed that's short all right like <laughs> bishop jakes has a way of communicating and and it's a long you know 
um, I, I don't want to say drawn out because drawn out means it's like it's dragging on, but it's a long um, time that he has that he really dives into scripture. He 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 gives you context. He gives you story. He sets things up. He's he's he has the the theatrics, you know, the the ability to capture your attention with words and actions and emotion and and being able to go up and down. Um, Bishop Jakes is for me one of my favorite preachers because I mean, on top of his style of communicating, um, you know, he, he's, he's got the voice for it. I mean, the guy has an amazing voice, uh, and his energy that he brings into his messages and just kind of the way he sets his, his messages up, his sermons up is just something that if you're a young preacher, somebody who's preaching, or even if you're not, even if you don't do it in the same way that Bishop Jakes does, you do still watch and keep your eyes and take notes and just take notes of things because you want to get better. And, and Bishop Jakes is somebody that if you watch, you're going to become a better communicator, not just for preachers, but just public communication, public speaking. Um, this is a guy that, that just has all of those abilities and giftings. And it's he's honestly like just a joy to watch um, and listen to. And so Bishop Jakes for me is definitely one of them. The second is Jensen Franklin. Okay, Jensen Franklin, pastor of Free Chapel, um, and in Georgia. And um, there's you know, so <clears throat> I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and uh, the church I grew up in was Hispanics, um, but our church was a part of a bigger movement. A Pentecostal movement um, that is based out of Tennessee, um, and so you know, but started in the the Midwest, the South um, part of our country. So, a lot of the a lot of the voices I heard growing up um, had a Southern accent, um, not necessarily in our local church, but when you know we would listen to. Uh, pastors and speakers coming into our conferences and 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 big bigger gatherings like these are men who had some accents and so um jensen franklin comes from a similar movement before free chapel comes from a similar similar movement and what i love about jensen franklin is he's very uh, nostalgic for me um in in my church experience in my church you know growing up in church like he's very nostalgic for me because of his because of his accent, but also because of his style of preaching. He's a little bit more um, straightforward, a little bit more um, just, you know, in the scripture uh, where, where Bishop Jakes, you know, is is a story and, and heavy context and heavy application. Um, Jensen Franklin is just a little bit more straightforward, encouraging, um, uplifting messages Um and I, I I love Jensen's uh, Pastor Jensen's like style of communication, and because of his accent, it, it makes it very nostalgic for me. But his style of preaching is the type of preaching I grew up with, except you know ours was a lot of Spanish and and uh, but it's the same same style of preaching. So um, I really enjoy Pastor Jensen's uh, sermons. I find them to be very and again his aren't like super long or drawn out. They're pretty short, you know. Uh, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, maybe. Um, so I enjoy them because they're, they're kind of to the point, very encouraging, very uplifting. Um, like you can tell that his, his, 
his ability to preach is is really just trying to encourage your spirit and uplift your spirit and and keep that fight in you. And it's I'm always blessed every time I hear uh, Pastor Jensen Franklin. So those are my two Bishop uh, T.D. Jakes and Pastor Jensen Franklin. This third one, um, I got to say this before I mention this person, but I haven't heard this guy in a while. It's been a while. It's probably been about maybe five-ish years or so. And that is uh, because when I first heard him, he was uh, leading a college ministry in Texas, I believe it was. And now he's overtaken a church. About five years ago, he overtook a church. And that is Pastor uh, Pastor Ben Stewart. Um, oh, gosh, I'm hoping I got his name right. Actually, not thinking about it. I'm pretty sure it's Pastor Ben Stewart, and uh, he now pastors the Passion Church, right? Like uh, Louis Louis uh, Gigolo or something. Um, the guy that does the Passion Conference. They have a Passion Church in Atlanta, but they also have a Passion Church in Washington D.C. And Pastor Ben Stewart took over Washington D.C. But before that, he was leading uh, Breakaway Ministries, which is a college ministry. I believe it was on a college campus. I couldn't tell you which one, but it was in Texas. And uh, they would, Breakaway Ministries would have podcasts releasing every week where it was Ben, you know, Pastor Ben Stewart, like doing a Bible study in front of a pretty big group of college students. And I love that podcast, Breakaway Podcast, when uh, Pastor Ben Stewart was in charge and leading it, and he was the one teaching. And it's it's got a lot of good stuff in there, too, um, even after him. But um, I always really enjoyed uh, Ben Stewart's style of preaching. Again, I haven't heard him in the last, like, five or six years, so I can't really speak to if that's translated over. I, know, I mean, it's different. When you go from speaking and leading a college ministry to now leading a church, and not just any church, but a church that has passion on it and passion is a, a big movement um so i don't know if how much of it has really uh, translated over and transitioned over but um yeah I, I, I pastor ben uh when he was doing breakaway it was awesome it was super um just authentic and very relatable um and mind you at the time when i was listening to it i was i was you know like 27 28 i was like at a college age you know not in college, but like I was already, you know, older than than typical college students. But I still really enjoyed it um, and picked up a lot from it. Um, but I, I I liked the way he was just authentic and just real, and it was uh, very like engaging and just easy to relate with. So, Pastor Ben Sue would be the number three. So those are my three. Those are some reasons why I I enjoy them, and the reason I'm talking about this because somebody asked. So. James, thank you, buddy, for asking the question. I hope that that um, kind of gives you maybe an insight into some of the type of preaching I like. Um, for me, I don't necessarily have one preferred style, but or maybe I, you know, yeah, I don't necessarily have one preferred style because I think all these three, well, four if you count my current pastor, um, they're all different. They all differ, and this is this is what I'm saying. It's okay. Like not everybody has to do the exact same thing the exact same way. I think there's some good things when when the voices are are a bit diverse and the styles of communication are a bit diverse because you reach different types of people. You know, you Bishop Jakes is for one, and 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 Pastor Jensen Franklin is for another, and Pastor Chad is for you know what I mean. Like 
they can all reach people, but they don't all have to sound the same as long as they're preaching the word, they're preaching scripture, they're preaching, they're staying true to what God's word says, then the style of communication is okay. It can be different. It doesn't all have to be the same. So, um, and again, as someone who's preached messages before, like I kind of, I kind of nerd out a little bit when it comes to, um, communicating and public speaking. And I mean, that's honestly one of the reasons why I'm doing the podcast is because I enjoy communicating. And uh, this is a way for me to continue to work on my communication that I can help use for work or for my relationships or for church, you know, like this is a way for me to kind of continue to work through that. So, um, yeah. So if you guys have any questions at all, you can feel free, feel free to reach out to me on social media. Let me know what your questions are. You can drop them in the comments, send me a message. Okay, so Instagram at Benny's with an S Chop Shop Pod. Okay, new Instagram handle, same page, but changed it up a little bit to kind of stick out. Go there, leave a comment, let me know a question. You can send me a message or a comment, one of the posts that I have on there. And I'd love to hear from you. I'm going to do another uh, Q&A, AMA, Ask Me Anything uh, episode coming up because those are really fun. I mean, again, the uh, Celebrity Crush one, I mean, it's it's funny because it's like that's not necessarily something I would have shared on the podcast to share. Um, So, you know, you don't really get to know that information unless you really ask because or even even the, this whole preacher one. This is a good question, by the way, James. Thanks. But even this one, like you wouldn't really know unless you ask, because this isn't necessarily something that I would think I would want to bring up because in my mind, I'd be like, oh, it's like, I don't know if anybody really wants to know that, but obviously somebody does. So there it is. I wanted to take the next few minutes um, to kind of address this and talk about this because you know, one of the things that I envisioned for the podcast was like, okay, this is going to be a place where we can be real, be honest, talk about things. And uh, I wanted to bring this up because it's it's here locally, it's a big deal. And, and that is, uh, you know, we had an incident, we had a tragedy here locally in one of the local high schools uh, where a student died uh, from a stabbing. Uh, that happened on campus during school hours and it's caused a lot of conversation um, a lot of emotion obviously Um, first of all you know prayers and condolences for the family um, the friends um, all those who were affected and uh, witnessed Um, so a lot has happened over the last week as far as the conversation here in in Santa Rosa. Um, And because I live in Santa Rosa, I want to talk about this on this podcast because this is is my city. This is my home. Uh, This is our home, me and my family's hometown. So I want to talk about it because there's a lot of people just kind of talking about it already. And I wanted to... I've heard a lot of things from different places. um, And I just said, you know what? I, I really would like to take a few minutes on the podcast to talk about this. And, and I kind of want this to be the, this focus of the podcast. Um, and so 
it you know it, it it's a tragedy it's it's sad it shouldn't have happened um and now there are a lot of students parents um school staff people who are involved with the school coaches teams you know all the there's a lot of people in this community now that are worried and afraid because they don't feel that students are safe at school. And I, I just got to say that as a parent, um, my kids are not at the age of high school yet. Um, but as a parent, I think parents, adults who have kids have every right to worry, have every right to be concerned because that's their kid. It's their baby. It's our job as parents to have that parental concern, that parental worry that is put in us. When we have kids, we feel the responsibility to protect our kids, to keep them safe, to keep them away from any kind of harm. And so right off the bat, I just want to say like, yes, adults, like it's normal. It's, it's in a way like it's what you're supposed to be feeling is that parental instinct of I need to protect mine. I need to keep my, I need to keep my kids safe. I need to make sure that my child is good. My family is good. Like that is our jobs as parents to do. There's been a lot of discussion about whether those who are making decisions in it, in the schools and those who are making decisions around the schools in, in our city um, have failed, whether they've made mistakes and have failed, whether they have let everybody down. And, you know, I can't really um, talk a whole lot about the school system, about um, about teachers and about uh, school staff and the school board, because to be 100 percent honest with you, I I don't know a whole lot that goes into that. Maybe that's, uh, I wouldn't say irresponsible, but maybe that's like I- ignorant of me to, to not know. Um, but I, I honestly, again, my, my kids are, are still little. So we're, you know, we've only really been taking our kids to school for at least like two, three years, maybe. So, um, but I, I just want to say this, okay. Our city had a listening session a few days ago and, um, I sat down and uh, I watched this thing. Uh, the local paper streamed it on their Facebook page and I watched this thing. I watched, it was probably like an hour and 40 minutes or so. I probably watched a good hour of it and I listened to it as best as I could, you know, because someone was streaming from their phone. So the audio was, was okay. <clears throat> but I, I, I did my best to listen to those who shared. So for the first hour or so, or the first, yeah, 40, 45 minutes, it was students that were allowed to go up and share. And I got to tell you, a lot of these kids that went up to share during this listening session, you can tell that they're part of their school. Um, they're, you know, they're part of their, their um you know, like the the class presidents and secretary. Like you can tell these kids are involved in what's happening at the school. Very well spoken. You know, were able to write out their feelings. 
right? What they, right? What they were thinking, and a lot of them had a lot of ideas on how can we make this better. And then they allowed some of the adults, some of the community members, parents, to now come in and share as well. I don't know who was at this listening session as far as like school board, our local elected officials. I don't know who were there. But listening to all of the people share, a lot of people had great points. A lot of people said a lot of things that were true and real. Um, But listening to it all, I was just kind of sitting back and uh, just thinking to myself, you know, there, there are a lot of kids who are just, who are afraid and don't have any peace about being at school and that that's not right. That's not okay. And there are a lot of adults who don't have any peace and are afraid to send kids to school. And that's not okay. That's not right. Like this shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. Um, but I want to say this because during that whole listening session, I, I listened and, and I could be wrong. Maybe I missed something. Um, but I want to say something that wasn't said at the listening session, and that is this, okay? Um, number one is that I, I, I have hope and I believe that things will get better. And my hope isn't in elected officials. My hope isn't in our our mayor. My hope isn't in our school board. Um, my hope isn't in like you know any any one person or any team of people that oversee schools and and protection. It's not in you know over a a group that just, you know, is trying to make sure that everyone is safe. Like my hope is, is when I'm saying I believe that things will get better is because my hope is in Jesus. And that is where my hope comes from. That's where my peace comes from. That's how I'm able to wake up the next day after something like what happened last week on a high school campus. That's how I'm able to wake up the next day and be able to grab my kids' hands, take them into the car give them, you know, tell them I love them and drop them off at school the next day and not feel super anxious and not feel like I have this heavy burden where I now have to like look over my shoulder and watch out like because because I I have a hope and a, a faith in Jesus that things will get better. I have a hope and faith in Jesus that you know um I I know the reason why things like this happen. I know the reason why 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 people harm other people i know the reason why somebody would be driven to want to harm somebody else and it all someone at the listening session said it it all begins at home and that is 100% right the home environment is so important our roles as parents is so important what we how we um love and lead our kids leaves an impression on them it shapes their world and and how they see the world and if we are not responsible with that, then things like this can happen. Uh, at the same time, though, there's there's things that happen anyway, even if if the home isn't as bad as one would 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 think. Um, but it does start all at home, 
here's here's kind of what I'm what I'm saying is that there were a lot of calls for well we need more teachers which could be the case you know one teacher for every 30 plus students is it's a lot that's a lot of kids and especially for like a period only having them one period and then switching and it's a whole nother group it's a lot of kids some called for more therapists on campus for mental health more more adults that kids can talk to about what's going on and what they're thinking and that could be true as well like sure like that sounds like a great idea let me ask the question though how many high school students are really if they're struggling mentally, are really going to take the time to go to the office and speak to a school therapist? I don't know. I was a high school kid once, you know, and I don't like just trying to think about the group of friends I hanged out with. I don't know how many of them would be feel comfortable to go talk to a school therapist. I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be a lot. I'm pretty sure, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying that it it would only be a little, but I, I don't know if I feel comfortable in saying, well, it would be a lot of kids that would run and go to a school therapist if there was one. There isn't really much that, you know, that that uh, the school board or anyone that making those decisions can really do. I think with what's happening now and what we're seeing now, and it's now, you know, we're seeing um, other high school campuses like partake in walkouts and protesting. In fact, just before I press record, I was showing my wife an article. Uh, they found another um, a teenager uh, who had a knife in their backpack. Um, and the police just reported it and it happened uh, earlier this week. And so this isn't something new. This definitely isn't something new. Um it it just it kind of hit everybody with a ton of bricks cuz cuz a kid died a kid died and it hit everybody with a ton of bricks and it was just kind of like whoa didn't see that coming didn't think that could happen like that here horrible like during school like kids in class like what what is going on and and I I just want to say this look I I know that a lot of this is just me kind of stating what has happened um, this is kind of not a reaction because it's been over a week. So it's me kind of sitting with it, thinking about it. But here's kind of like where my heart is about this whole thing. And that is, um, I think I think some of us adults need to take a bigger role in our in our local schools. And I know that's easy for me to say. It's easy for me to be here on a podcast and say, hey, adults, we need to participate in school. We need to volunteer. We need to get on campus and say hi to these kids and hang out with the kids and just uh, provide more support for the teachers and this and that. It's so easy for me to say. But I, I think that that's a fact. I think that that needs, I think that that needs to happen. Like when I heard about this story, I think it was the very next day there was a local church um, that had a prayer vigil out in front of campus. And uh, the pastor of that church was there and they went ahead and prayed. I think there there was other uh, adults and kids from the community that kind of joined them because they saw what they were doing. And then after that, they spread out. Um, I'm I'm assuming they had permission to do this, obviously, because I'm sure the... uh, 
the school wouldn't just let anyone just come on after something like that happening. But they had the permission to go on campus and, and they began praying and walking through the campus and praying. And I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, um, like that, that's a big deal. Like that, I saw, I saw it cause someone, you know, posted a video on it and, uh, it was a new- newspaper that did. And I saw it and I was like, yes, that's the type of response we need to have. And I'm now I'm speaking to us believers and Christians that are here locally in Santa Rosa. That's the type of response we need to have. It's not falling into the, the trap of like, well, you know, I'm not saying that you can't be worried or that you can't have any concern. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is how do we respond to adversity? And as believers and Christians, if we say that our hope is in Christ and we believe that that, that he is a savior, that he is the redeemer, that he is the healer, he's the one that restores, then, okay, then our response need to, needs to show that. And to see that church there, and I know I know that that church has a big part of that school. Like, they have people that are involved in that school. Their church is, I think, just down the street from that school. So they're involved heavily in that school. To have that type of res- response the next morning shows the school and everybody in that community Everybody in that community that that church is like, hey, we love you. We're here. We're not going anywhere. Like, this is why we're here for this moment right now. When you need support, when you need prayer, when you you need uh, positive thoughts, or you need just any kind of emotional, spiritual support, we are here. And that, to me, was probably one of the most powerful things that I saw all week. And now going back to this listening session and hearing all these different, well, we should do this and we should do that. Sure. But that, what that church did, I think is more powerful than any of that. And if we allowed stuff like that to start happening while kids are at school, where we allowed people who are a positive influence, who would only make kids' lives better, um, who would want the best for those kids and I'm not talking about, oh, let's get people in there so that they can pull kids into churches. And, you know, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that there are churches that have people that are positive influence, that are role models, that want the best for these kids, want the best for the communities, want the best for the parents. These are the type of people that you want your school surrounded by. If you, if you start looking for people like that to pull in, and if people like that will st- take a step out, hands raised and say, hey, I want to volunteer one, one day a week, one day every other week. I want to come every first Monday of the month and whatever. But like if people like that start raising their hands saying, I want to take bigger part in what's happening at school just to be on campus and be a support. I believe you will see change. I believe in that you can see change. I was born and raised in Santa Rosa. Okay, I was born in 88, went to school in Santa Rosa. Now, a lot of my, uh, well, a lot, my whole middle school and high school, I I was in Rona Park because that's where we lived at the time. But my grandfather's church was in Santa Rosa. So we were in Santa Rosa multiple times a week. Um, So it's, even though we lived in Rona Park, it still felt like Santa Rosa was where we're at because we were, we were always here. Um, But now my family's here. Now I have a family you know, here. I have a wife that I met here and I married here and I, we have kids and my first child, second child were born. Oh, third child, all the kids were born here. 
and my family's here. This is our home. We've moved away a few times and have always found ourselves coming back. And every time we come back, it's like, yeah, we're home. This is home. We have a life invested here. So when I hear stories like this one, and it's a, it's a tragedy, my heart feels heavy. This is my home. This is where I live. This is my family's home. This is where we want to raise our kids. This is where we want to send our kids to high school. So for me, I have I I have an interest in this story because this is my home. I want the best for my home. And so if you are a student, if you are an adult who feel like you haven't been able to sleep very well, you haven't been able to really focus very well because you're just so concerned because this is so heavy. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of a lot of sadness. There's a lot of a lot of unrest. There's no peace. I want you to know this. Number one, there's a God that loves you. If there's no peace in your life, I know somebody who is peace. If there's no healing in your life, I know somebody who's a healer. And that is Jesus. And I guarantee you that if you would run toward Jesus, that if you would walk towards Jesus, if you would just look in his direction, that something would change. Your perspective on how you see yourself, perspective on how you see others, how you see the world would change. Because I believe that this isn't a moment to run and hide. It's not a moment to just look to our our, our uh, local officials and see what they're going to say or what they're going to vote for, see if they're going to make it. No, this ain't, this ain't the time for that. This is the time to look to someone who will never disappoint you, never let you down, someone who's loved you from the very beginning, and that is Jesus. Take it from a kid who's born Santa Rosa, lived in Roseland, went to school, at Luther Burbank Elementary. I don't even know if it's called Luther Burbank anymore. Can someone let me know? Let me know in the comments. Is Luther Burbank Elementary still Luther Burbank Elementary? It's right across the street from the mall. That's where I went to elementary school for a little bit. You know, and then I went to Bellevue Elementary over by Elsie. I didn't go to Elsie Allen, but I went to Bellevue Elementary. And then from there we moved to Rona Park. But I have friends. I have family that have graduated from Muriel Carrillo, from Montgomery High, from from Elsie Allen, from Santa Rosa, like Piner. Like I have one of my uncles graduated from Piner. Like I have family that have been. I mean, this is Santa Rosa, guys. Like that's the thing is that when something happens in our community, we feel it because we're not like so big that you know. Oh well, that's way over the other side of town. No, like. <laughs> Everybody knows everybody. Everyone's got a connection everywhere. So when something happens in one place, everybody feels it because someone is either directly connected or not. But man, my friend, he knows that family. Oh, man, my, my cousin went to that school. Hey, I've been on that campus because we played that 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 team sport before. I know, you know, we all have a connection because this is Santa Rosa. We all have a connection to each other. We're not, we're growing, but we're not like huge. And so I wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to take a minute to kind of talk about this because it's been a heavy, um, it's been a, a big conversation this week here in Santa Rosa. 
And if you don't live in Santa Rosa, I'm sure I'm sure there's stuff that has happened where you live or close to where you live, similar things like this where it causes a community to just kind of start looking around like what do we do? And if you have, if you've experienced something like that in your community, then you know exactly what Santa Rosa is going through at the moment. What, you know, we can't really say what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do to change up safety on campus. I don't know what they're going to do to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they can do, to be honest. I mean, they can't. They can do stuff. I just don't know what they're going to do. And that's why I'm saying, like, if if nothing changes, if nothing or if everything changes, would, would that really would that really help? Like, would you really feel that much safer if everything changed? If they went in the complete opposite direction and just started doing everything that they to lock campuses down and just make them really hard to to enter? Like, would that make you safer? Would that make you feel safer? Again, Jesus is that peace. He is that hope. He is that healer. He is that restorer. And listen, I I know that um, the student that passed away last week was at the hands of another student, was at the hands of a peer, somebody who went to school with them, somebody who, I don't know, maybe had a class or, or shared something with them. You know, they were in the same space. And it always blows my mind when I read and I see you know, young people get involved in things like this. And that when I look at their age, I just shake my head like, man, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing out here? What do you, what, what is this really about? That's honestly, I, I do. I just shake my head like, man, look, guys, there is no reason, no reason. There is no reason. Again, I grew up in San Rosa. There was a time that I wanted to be a part of a gang. There was a time that I was I would have said yes to any any gang affiliation. There was a time. Never really happened. I but I had family. I knew friends that did. Again, so even though I was never directly affiliated, I knew people who were, which I'm sure you guys do as well. And not to say that this is just a gang thing, because I know that that could be a a thing here as well. People just say, well, is this gang related? Well, regardless of whether it was gang related or not, a young person made a a horrible, poor choice and now have to pay for it dearly. And then the young person passed away because of somebody else making that poor choice. And now their family has to pay for it. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. And so if you're watching this and you're in high school or you know someone that's in high school, man, make good choices. Make good choices. Like life is too short to turn to violence. Life is too short to turn to anger. And that's what I'm saying. If you're dealing with anger, if you're dealing with emptiness in your life you're looking for family you're looking because i know that's why we i know that's why i know that's you know i know that's why kids turn to gangs they're looking for friends looking for community 
man, if that's what you're looking for, you're looking for family, you're looking for community. There's a God that loves you. There's a God that loves other people and those other people that love God. They're looking for you. Go join a church. Looking for family, looking for community. Go look for a church. You'll find it there. And all all the benefits of ha- being in the community, having friends, having a family, taking out all the all the the bad things and negatives like violence and anger and and all that stuff out. You don't need it. You don't need that stuff. Go look for a church. So, listen. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Let me know in 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 the comments what you think how this past week has been to you. I know there were a lot of parents who had to have tough conversations that they weren't planning on having with their kids this past week. Um, During the lockdown, there were elementary schools that had to get locked down because they were close to the school. Um, I mean, I think we've had maybe two, maybe three, but at least two lockdowns this past week Um, on top of, you know, reports coming out that they're they've found a, a, a few weapons a couple of students bring weapons onto their to their schools um and so i just want you guys to know that this is uh something that i've been thinking about as well but i want to talk about it on the podcast i didn't it didn't feel right for me to come on here and like talk about something else and almost like completely ignore when when we, again we live in santa rosa too me and my family live in santa rosa as well you know and so we know people uh who have kids that go to montgomery um and maria Carrillo. you know some of these campuses that were directly affected with some incidents this past week um and man just a lot of these high school students like their 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 kids to like our friends type of thing you know like the these are kids that um you know our our friends are like their parents so um but at the same time, I want you guys to know that, you know, lean on your community right now. Lean on the people that you trust, the people that you hold their their opinion, their thoughts highly. Somebody that people that you know you can trust and support or you can lean on to support you. Um, and uh, if you guys need somebody to talk to, I'm here. Hit me up on social media and I'll, I'll be happy to chat with you again. This is this is my home. This is my city. I love Santa Rosa. I do. I love Santa Rosa. I love how diverse it is. I love the food here. I love the parks here. I love the landscape, the the visuals that we, I love the weather here even though it's crazy and we're about to get hit with an what is it? An atmospheric a- atmospheric river? Atmosphere river? Atmospheric river? Something like that. Some crazy new word that they've come up with in the last year to describe a bunch of water coming in. Even I love the weather. I love the people. I love the diversity, the food, the everything. I love Santa Rosa. This is our home. Santa Rosa, God loves you. I believe God it wants to do something in our city. And so if you feel alone, if you feel lost, if you feel defeated over what has happened this last week, I want you to know that God loves you. He loves you. If you want to know more, send me a message. Reach out to me. I'd love to share with you more. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you have a great week. I'm praying for you all. I appreciate your support. Until next time, peace out.